Welcome to Fierce Female Radio. I'm your host, Estelle, from FierceFemaleCo.com, your female empowerment coach. If you're ready to dive in deep and learn all the tips, rituals, and insights to help you let go of the old version of yourself and unleash your inner fierce, then you are in the right place. This is your space for uncut and real conversations with real women about all things, dreams and desires, mindset, holistic wellness, balance, and spirituality. Hello, beautiful angels. What's up? Welcome to Fierce Female Radio. My name is Estelle, your host, your female empowerment coach and the founder of Fierce Female Co, where we are activating your inner fierce and feminine, leaving all basicness behind and helping you live a life of purpose and fulfillment. Hello, guys. Welcome. Good morning. Good evening, wherever you are in the world. Today's show is a solo episode. You just have me, moi, and we are going very deep. We are getting real deeper than I've ever gone on this show. Um, but before we do that, I would love to share with you my fierce female tip of the week. And it is all about our sleep and how we go to sleep. So and what our environment looks like. Um, if any of you are familiar with Wayne Dwight, uh, Wayne Dyer, you would know that he's very big on the power of manifestations whilst we're sleeping, whilst we're in our dream state, and we're super connected to our subconscious and um, the kind of greater realms, so greater realms of consciousness. So part of that is also making sure when you go to sleep that you are um, feeling a sense of love, a sense of gratitude, a sense of comfort, as opposed to frustration, um, negativity, negativity, anger, any of those types of emotions. And so it really got me thinking about that recently. And I was, you know, evaluating the way that I sleep. And I've been doing a lot of work around that historically around, um, you know, making sure that I'm going to bed in a really good place and in a loving place, because I don't want to carry um, any negative energy through for the next seven, eight hours of, of sleep and having that play out in my subconscious mind and then waking up to that energy. So that's something I was doing for a while before, but I wanted to kind of up, up level that game. And I wanted to look at the way that I was falling asleep in my environment around me. And so I purchased these super cute, luxurious um, pajamas or sleepwear, I like to call them, from this really cute brand um, called Booty. B-O-O-D-Y and they're so beautiful. They're made from like this certified organic bamboo and they're very luxurious. They're baby blue. I feel like a little sexy goddess going to bed and, you know, I have to admit like my pajama game in winter isn't great. Um, it's very daggy and I thought I would really need to up the ante. So <laughs> these beautiful pajamas are absolutely gorgeous. I highly recommend them. Um, and also just thinking about the way that you sleep. So I also have like a silk um, face mask that I that I put over my eyes. Sleep mask, face mask, what do you call it? Um, just to make sure the room is really kind of dark um, and there's no kind of light coming through. And, you know, whether I have put on a candle before I go to bed, dim the lights, um, you know, reduce my kind of blue light um, consumption anything that I can do to start to prepare myself to get into that really um, grounded dreamlike space. So maybe this is a good opportunity for you to think about 
how you go to sleep. You know, I, I talk so much about morning rituals, but nighttime rituals are just as important because they set you up for the next eight hours. Um, and that energy flows onto the rest of the day. So thinking about the way that you fall asleep and how can you kind of up level that environment? How can you make it more grounding? How can you make it more peaceful and loving? How can you start to relax your mind, body and soul and energy um, before you go to sleep and start to prepare yourself for, um, for sleep? All right, I can talk about that for a while, guys, but we are going to get into it. So I've been really called to share with you a very personal story of mine. And it's really funny because I have been umming and ahhing a little bit about whether to share this experience with you and, sh- and share my journey around this because, um, you know, naturally I feel like I have absolutely healed um, a lot of what I have gone through, but also there are also things that I'm sure are deeper in there that may come up from on the surface by me sharing this experience. So I'm also a bit like, oh, am I going to go there? But then you know what? My intuition has absolutely been calling upon me to go here because because often our intuition guides us to uncomfortable places, right? Our inner knowing is pushing you to do something uncomfortable, but it's that intuition is there because it is it is allowing you to move through you know your soul's purpose it is allowing you to do something that's in alignment with your soul's purpose in alignment with some service in alignment with your truth right and so that's why i feel really called to share this experience with you today and it was funny because normally i like i plan out my podcast episodes and and um they go out on tuesdays so Um, but Monday night, which is tonight, I was sitting here and being like, okay, I'd plan to like record this episode on 5D Ascension and I just wasn't vibing it. I just felt like I needed to share this story and this kept coming up for me and all these kind of circumstances, like kind of lining up to be like, okay, time to share your story. And so my aim in sharing this story about my miscarriage with you is, I don't want any woman to feel alone. Um, I don't want any woman to question their emotions, their feelings, um, whatever they're experiencing. I want that to be known that it is all allowed. It is all okay. And it is all unique and beautiful and part of your own healing. And so if this can help one woman, even just one woman, um, you know, by me sharing my story, then that is absolutely worth it. That is purely all that I want from this. And if anything else on top of that is just a freaking bonus. And really a part of me sharing my story about my miscarriage is because I, I feel like I need to open up the conversation about miscarriage. I feel like everyone knows someone who has had it, who has had one, but no one really talks about it. And, you know, I feel like we're not sharing it. And a part of that is the absence of talking about it can feel like there is something to be ashamed of when, of course, there is nothing to be ashamed of. But sometimes you can't help but feel that because you wonder why there aren't enough people talking about it. And so you hide it and you bury it. And it's really natural to do that, especially for the things that are really hard. Um, But a part of me also sharing this is that I want you know, part of my message is we can do and, you know, we can do hard things and we can share hard things and we can move through hard things and grow and heal and rise above it. 
And so sometimes it takes, you know, uncomfortable conversations. Um, but that's all part of the journey, right? That's all part of the growth. So, um, yeah, maybe even if you haven't had a miscarriage, then, you know, this can connect with you in some way by under, understanding maybe what someone else that you know may have experienced. Um, and like I said, as women, like th- this is just such an important conversation. And I think that um, it it needs to be spoken about more. And but also I just want to say, like, this episode is, is really just my experience. I'm just I'm I'm kind of sharing my account. And part of me sharing that is because I struggled in some ways to really understand what I needed to do, how I was feeling. I couldn't quite understand what was going on um, because there weren't many people talking about it because there wasn't a lot of information about it because I just felt very alone in that process. And so if this can help, if this can help anyone in in that similar situation, then that's all that really matters. But I just want to preface and say, this is just my experience. And of course, um, everyone's experience is extremely unique. And um, yeah, I'm just really wanting to share a few things that have helped me as well. So some things that have helped me heal, some things that I wish I knew about. Um, And yeah, like I said, there's always, there's really no right or wrong. We're all different physical, emotional, energetic beings. And so it's all about you tuning into what works and feels good for you. And also guys, I'm not a gynecologist. I'm not a fertility specialist. I'm not a doctor. This is just kind of what has worked for me and my experience only. And so I thought I'd share with you a little bit about my story. Um, you know, it was actually during Corona kind of like, um, height, the, the kind of peak of Corona times, When did I find out? I think I found out that I was pregnant in, oh my God, I don't even remember the dates. Maybe it was April, April, May. Oh, I can't even think. April, May. Um, and, and so naturally when my husband and I found out we were pregnant, we were absolutely ecstatic, like so fucking happy. It was beyond. And the only thing I could think about, like it it was having a baby and it consumed me so much. And I had lots of other things going on. But this idea of having a baby, of growing a baby was so exhilarating and so petrifying at the same time. And as, you know, the journey started to unfold for us, um, you know, we decided to share with a few people that were close to us quite early on. Um, you know, they say, ideally, you should wait 12 weeks, la, la, la. And we just felt, you know what, like, if something were to go wrong, that's okay, because these people are close to us and we just want to share our hearts and be really excited about what we're experiencing. And so we shared um, we shared our story with our story. We shared the fact that, you know, we were pregnant with a few people, celebrated with a few people, um, and, that was, and that was beautiful. There was no real issues. I had a... Um, I had an ultrasound, um, everything was, was fine and had a date scan, had all the things. And so, and so then it kind of happened where all of a sudden, like I say that I, I, you know, I giggle because it's just, sometimes you have to laugh because it's all so surreal. But I remember sitting there on the couch, um, me and my husband were watching TV and it was like, I know I probably just ate a bowl of pasta or something. I was like, constantly eating carbs and um I was feeling a bit funny that day like I just I woke up that morning actually yeah I I woke up that morning and I had this like huge hit of anxiety and it wasn't anxiety like 
oh, I'm worried about having a baby and am I going to be a good mom? And, or, you know, it wasn't like that. It was like, no, something doesn't feel right. And it's like my mind or my energy had caught up before my body. And I started to get some cramps throughout the day. And, you know, but I didn't really think much of it. Um, but I still had that kind of underlying feeling. Now, I wasn't someone who was, I wasn't someone who was necessarily well-versed or researched into what the symptoms were of a miscarriage. I was kind of like, look, if that happens, then I'll have to figure that out along the way. But I wasn't someone that was going to look into that to be mindful, to be um, well-researched on what that would look and feel like, right? So we were sitting there on the couch and then all of a sudden, like I realized that, um, you know, I was bleeding a little bit, um, you know, but I had had a bit of spotting through my pregnancy anyway. But I noticed that this was more kind of like a superior type blood. And so I was like, hmm, okay, that's not great. Um, so I called the doctor, I called the hospital and the hospital, I explained to them my symptoms and they pretty much said, look, you can come in, but, um, like you can come in, but you know, the ultrasound's closed. So we can't guarantee that anyone will see you until the morning. So it's really up to you. I was like, "Mm, okay, great. So I probably should then just stay at home because then I can get a full night's sleep and then I can go into the hospital in the morning because they can only really see me for an ultrasound in the morning. Anyway, she wasn't amazing. So, so, um, I continued to watch the movie. Um, I went to bed that night and then I woke up in the morning. Uh, What I I thought actually woke up was like, I thought it was like maybe six or seven in the morning, but it had actually been two o'clock in the morning. And so I went to the bathroom and I had woken up to a massive, massive pool of blood. Um, and you know, my whole, all my pants were bleeding and my bed was full of blood. And then I went, I I kind of, it was like this real overwhelming surreal state. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then, um, you know, a few other things happen, which I probably won't share just because I don't want to, I'm so conscious of triggering people about this, but I think it's so important to share what happened because I had no idea this could be an example of what it could look and feel like. And if I would have known, I feel like that would have been really, um, that would have helped me in terms of trying to understand what was going on. And so, so then obviously, you know, my husband and I realized something was, was really not right. So we rushed to the hospital, um, you know, and I had to say that I had, some incredible doctors oh, and incredible nurses, like uh, incredible, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, but you know, the whole experience was extremely traumatic. Like I was going through such pain in my body. I'd never knew. And I know everyone experiences so differently, but I, I was, the cramps were insane. I was just like, literally, I feel like my body is like, like, I wouldn't have experienced these cramps only as when I was, you know, about to give birth. But of course the opposite was happening, right? So my body was just going to these extreme cramps and I'm having things, you know, put inside me and poked in me and and tests and all these things back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, whilst I'm going through excruciating pain, right? And whilst my mind is trying to comprehend, like, what is actually going on here is like, this can't be happening. Like, this can't be happening. And so your body's kind of going through this complete shock. Your mind's going through this complete shock. But at the same time, you kind of don't want to go down that spiral because, you know, you're trying so desperately and hoping that that's not going to be the case. Right. So 
and I remember like my husband, God bless him. He was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And he's so good in a crisis situation. And in this situation, he was without a doubt incredible. And I just remember being like, oh my God, like I had meditation going. I had breath work. I was doing breath work. I found that so, so, so um helpful because I was just going through so much pain. I did not know what was happening to, to my body and to my mind and everything. And so the breath work was, yeah, that was that was really, really good. And I listened to these beautiful meditations um, on Spotify, purely guided meditations. I think her name is Lucy something. Anyway, she was amazing. She's got a very calming voice. So I found that really helpful because like it was a really long process. Like it felt like forever. And then I kind of gradually essentially started preparing me for the, you know, telling me that, you know, I was having a miscarriage, um, it, you know, and saying that really the um, after a few tests and really in the morning, they would be able to confirm it through the ultrasound. But, you know, we kind of already knew. And for me, it really helped that they were kind of preparing, preparing me gradually for it. But still, like, I was just in complete and utter shock. Like, I was just like, what is happening here? Um, and, you know, we went into, and because it was COVID, then when they transferred us upstairs um, into, like, the birthing suite, LOL, not funny, Um then my husband couldn't, um, he couldn't be with me because there were no visitors during COVID. It was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But I didn't have the energy. Like I was so um, taken aback. I was just taken aback, is not the right word, but I was just so in shock by what was happening that I didn't even argue. So I went in this room and I literally sat there for hours or laid there for hours and I couldn't sleep. And I was just like, wow. And, and so I think my mind and my body, every, my energy was just catching up with what had happened. Right. And so I was quite fortunate. Like I'm, I'm not a gynecologist. I'm not a doctor. So I'm not going to go into all the different types of miscarriages, but I was pretty fortunate where mine was, I guess, more of a clean miscarriage. Um, and it was a, it's technically called a complete miscarriage, which means that I was able to, um, you know, I didn't need to take any other form of medication or do any other kind of procedures or surgery to get, um, you know, the complete miscarriage resolved. It was kind of all gone. And and, and so what happened? So I laid there, right? I laid there. I thought I would sleep because I was absolutely exhausted, but my mind was just like consumed by what was happening. And so as I laid there, it was funny. It was interesting because... I felt like that was really my my sacred space just to start to come to terms with what was happening. And so then I had a, a, another female doctor who, um, you know, as they were kind of preparing for me to go home, I said to her, this is after many hours, like this was already like, I don't know, 10 o'clock the next day. And I went into the hospital at like 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. the night before. And so I remember saying to the doctor, I said, is there anything that I, I need to do or not or, or I shouldn't do? She said, OK, so the only thing you, you shouldn't do is I probably don't have sex for the next two weeks. Um, but everything else. Yeah, it's fine. You're fine. I was like, what? What do you mean? I was like livid. I was like livid inside, but I couldn't show it. I was exhausted. But I was like, what are uh, my body and like my mind has just gone through such a traumatic experience. And the only thing I can't do for two weeks is not have, is have sex with my husband. (laughs) That was the least thing that I wanted to do. But also I was like, are you serious? Like, I just couldn't believe that was the advice I was getting. And so part of my journey after that was really to look into 
what I want, what could I do from a mind, body, soul perspective in order to nourish my body? Because I felt like my body had just gone through such a traumatizing experience that I needed to rebuild it again. And so that's kind of where part of my healing journey um, with my miscarriage from a physical perspective started to unravel. And you know, I, I think one of the things, and I want to share with you a few things that worked, that really worked for me. Um, but before I, I do that, I guess it's important to say everyone, like I said, everyone is so different. But for me, it just felt like such an out-of-body experience. Like I would never figure coming back home and I was just like, so I left home with a baby and I have come home without a baby. And it was just, you know, it was a very... Um, it was very kind of hard to reconcile. And there was, and I think also the interesting thing is for my grief, like there was so much sadness coming up for me and that might sound really obvious. Like, of course it's a very sad situation, but really, I mean, people show and people grieve in their own ways. And for me, I, you know, they say the seven stages of grief and all that. I, I'm not really about that. Um, that doesn't, didn't really connect with me. Um, I think people have ups and downs and waves and and different types of emotions and different people will experience different emotions. And so for me, I was kind of in this space of sadness, like deep sadness. And so, which was interesting because, you know, (laughs) I um, would have almost preferred, and I was expecting at some stage to be angry. My grief didn't look like anger because I am a fire sign. And when I'm out of balance, I get angry. I can get frustrated. Like that is within my passionate person, right? I've got the, I've got the Aries moon. I've got the Sag sun, like there's fire in me, right? And so it's like the universe is like, no, we're not like, you're not going to feel angry because like, that's something that's more like you go there. Sometimes we're giving you sadness. You can experience deep sadness. There you go. That's deeply uncomfortable. Off you go in your healing journey. And so I chose not to run away from it. I chose to sit with it and sit with that sadness. And, you know, I think what I wish I knew before is that it's it might not look like an experience where you just feel all the emotions, you get really sad, like you do all the things and then everything's back to normal. Like, I feel like it's, there's many layers to it. Everything is weird. Everything is normal. You know, one of my girlfriends actually said that to me and I found it so helpful. Everything is weird. Everything is normal. You know, expecting, what I also wish I knew is that expecting to be triggered in the most randomest ways. Like naturally I felt like in terms of my triggers, if I was going down to the shops and I would see a pram coming at me or we drive past baby bunting, I was like, I had like, two seconds to prepare for that mentally, because it's like, that is an obvious trigger. But what I found harder is the more random kind of ways that I was get tri- that I would get triggered that caught me off guard, right? So like going to the health food store and realizing that every single time I had gone into the health food store for the last three months has been when, you know, I was buying supplements and thinking about the baby and nutrients for the baby and what food would be good for the baby and all that stuff. So it's those things that really caught me off guard. And you know, so, so be prepared for those unexpected triggers. And, you know, one thing that really helped me is to make room for the grief and make room for the grief in your life. And so, you know, I think some people think that (laughs) you need to stay at home. And like I said, everyone's journey is so different, right? But for me, I was feeling lots of things and I was 
experiencing lots of things, but I still wanted to be around my friends. I still wanted to do like be out, be out in some ways and do things in some ways, right. That didn't look like that didn't just look like me crying in bed. Right. But then when I did those normal things, if, if sadness, um, and anxiety, all of those emotions came up, then I would make room for it. I would let it flow and I wouldn't judge myself. I would let whatever I needed to um, feel come to the surface and really, really honor that. And, you know, I think what's also really, really important is also just to, you know, what really helped me is listening to other people's experiences, which actually seems, you know, everyone's so different, right? Like my husband was like, I'm going to go clean the garage. I'm like, okay, off you go. So he was very much around being busy, you know, and everyone, and that's totally fine. Right. But for me, I was just like, it's like my nerd brain went on and I was like, okay, I want to listen to other people's experiences. I want to read about adversity. And I was reading about this really incredible book, Option B um, from Sheryl Sandberg and this really great podcast with Tim Ferriss and Elizabeth Gilbert on grief and all these things. I just was like reading and researching all these things because for me, and listening to all these other like podcasts um, by fertility specialists and everything, because that was just like helping me trying to reconcile with what I experienced and just trying to get some answers. Because like I said, it was just felt so removed from what I had ever experienced or what I'd known to be true about a miscarriage. So um, yeah. And, and so I kind of felt, I liked the idea of listening to other people's experiences, that curiosity was going on within me Um you know, what, what also I found really, really powerful is, um, I went to go see a Chinese doctor and she's also an acupuncturist. She does cupping. And she said to me, like what she said to me was so simple, but so profound. And she's like, you need to rest. She was like, you just need to rest like for two weeks, complete rest. And I'm like, okay, what about exercise? What about this? What about that? She's like, no, maybe a a light walk. That's it. And she just, and I seriously just felt so comforted by that because I felt like she just gave me permission. She just gave me permission. She was like, your body has gone through so much. You need to give yourself this space to strengthen it. You need to give it energy. You need to rest. And something so simple was so profound because from the doctor pretty much telling me that I could do anything I wanted besides have sex with my husband for the next ten two weeks was not kind of really giving me the idea that I needed to rest my body. But I felt that in my heart, like I felt that I needed to do that. I just didn't hear much about it or I didn't know how to do it, you know? So she really gave me that permission. And also I really dived deeper into, okay, what can I do to nourish my body? You know, what can I do to nourish it? Because it has, you know, it has gone through a lot over the last, you know, X amount of days, hours, whatever. And so what I found really, really helpful, and like I said, this is based on my own research. So please, um, you know, look into this yourself. But for me, what was really, really powerful was like nourishing foods. So anything that could nourish your body, right? If you just think about, you know, your body, the energy, the nutrients have been depleted. How can you, how can you nourish that? And so I was drinking lots of bone broths. I was drinking turmeric lattes. Um, loved that. So also some um, organic nettle teas and red clover, which is really good for inflammation. Um, anything warm. So like soups, I don't think I was having curries. I think that was 
probably a little bit too strong for what I felt like, but just very kind of warm foods, warm drinks, lots of teas. Um, I don't think I was drinking coffee at all. Um, you know, really kind of listening to my body. Like I, I'd never felt so in tune with my body than, than during that time. It was really, really interesting and interesting paradox as well. Um, and so, and also sleeping a lot, like that sounds really obvious, but I feel like sometimes you can just be, we're just pro- programmed to get back into routine and off we go and, you know, and get on with it. But like, really like your body is exhausted. Your body is depleted. Like you need to do those basic things to nourish your body as well. Um, also for me, what really helped is seeing friends, you know, everyone's really different. Um, for me, seeing my girlfriends and knowing that, okay, like I had the permission, uh, like that we have a relationship where if I started crying randomly, that would be totally cool. And they would hold the space for me. So that was really powerful. But then also at the same time, I couldn't see some other friends. Like I literally couldn't, it hurt my heart to see them for whatever reason. Um, you know, if, if they were pregnant, if they, um, you know, certain family members, it was too confronting. So like, this is the thing, like you just have to be so true to yourself and what you want. And there is no right. And there is no wrong and everything is weird and everything is normal. You know, also one thing that really helped me was my puppy. We ended up getting a, we were planning on getting a puppy anyway, but it's actually very funny. The timing of it all, we actually ended up getting a puppy a lot earlier. Um, and so that was really, really good for my healing. Um, but also, a puppy could never replace a child, but I never, I never had that expectation. Um, so that was also a really beautiful thing that, that helped me. And so I also wanted to share with you, with you guys, a few things that I found very interesting in terms of what people say when you have a miscarriage. Cause I think just like with anything, right? Like we in society, like it's uncomfortable we find it uncomfortable when people talk about their pain um, because we come from a loving place where we don't want them to feel hurt. We don't want them to feel pain. But what that can do sometimes is completely disempower the person and how they're feeling. And so just a few things I think that I found um, that I did not find helpful that people said to me that I want to share with you because sometimes when we're, we're not even conscious of it. And so I just want to empower you with this. So if you know someone that has experienced a miscarriage that you think about perhaps saying something different or not saying what I'm going to say, um, or, you know, you using your own judgment to say that sounds right to you. So saying things like, um, at least, you know, you can get pregnant isn't helpful. It's just not, even if it's like, yes, that is great. I know I can get pregnant, but a big part of it is also keeping the baby. I just feel like that's not, it's just not helpful. Just don't say that. Um, Also saying things like miscarriages are so common. So many of my friends have had them. I I think it doesn't matter. I think the commonality of it, like that doesn't matter. And I think saying something like that, it takes away the space for someone to be, to feel the emotions. And that's the thing. Society has programmed us where we can't even, we can't get uncomfortable. We can't sit with the pain. We need to make someone feel better. We want someone to feel good. We need to fix the problem. And by saying that, it's kind of just pushing it to the side. Like, oh, it's so common, but it's really sad. It's very common when people's parents die. Um, It's very common to experience other forms of loss, but we don't say that, right? Because 
because it doesn't make it any less painful. So not the best thing to say. Don't say that. And not and don't say things like don't worry, you'll get pregnant soon. It's no. And you know, don't don't try to um and just I think the whole thing is you don't need to try and make them feel good. Like as as beautiful as that place comes from for for you, you don't need to make them feel good. That's not your job. You know, you instead thinking about holding the space for them, letting them feel what they need to feel, acknowledging their pain, letting them share if they want to share, saying that you're there for them no matter what. If they want to talk, if they don't want to talk, if they want to cry, they don't want to cry, if they want to laugh, if they want to eat, whatever, you are there. And just saying that with real honesty and love is so fucking important because it is. it can feel so lonely and isolating. You know, you've had you've been growing a baby for X amount of weeks and then all of a sudden you're literally physically, emotionally, energetically empty because you no longer have a baby. So I think it's around thinking about being there for that person and making sure that they know that they are not alone in this, which is why I think having conversations and understanding that this is and unpacking an experience and unpacking these experiences are so valuable to help women in realizing they are not alone. They're, they will be experiencing a multi multifaceted emotions and multi-layered and that is, there is nothing right. There is nothing wrong about it. You know, everything is weird. Everything is normal. I just think that's, that's totally what it needs, that what it needs to be. And that empowers you to realize that this is a big deal and you experiencing that pain and that grief doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you anything. It just makes you a beautiful human that is experiencing the emotions that you need to experience in order to come to terms with what has happened and heal and continue to have faith and believe, you know? And so, you know, one lesson that I really learned from this experience is that like pain and sadness come in all different forms, Without the darkness, we can't experience the light, right? We can't experience the light. Of course, I would never would have wanted to experience a miscarriage, but I have grown so much that darkness has forced me to grow at, su- at such a deeper level that I didn't yeah, even know I was required to do. So, you know, but it also allows me to see things in a whole new set with a whole new set of lens it puts things into perspective you know pain always does that it puts things into perspective what matters what really doesn't matter and another thing I would say is like please 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 do not compare yourself or your journey to anyone else's your journey you are here in your on your own path and things are going to happen for you the exact at exactly the right time at exactly the way the universe has it planned for you and your greatest good. So focusing on you and not looking at other people and their journey and their path is so, so, so profoundly important. And just trusting and having faith and believing in your strength, the universe's strength. And, you know, knowing that no matter what you experience, you are growing and expanding in ways that you had never thought possible from healing your pain. Um. So I hope this podcast episode has resonated with you in some way, has maybe provided you with some interesting things to think about. Um, You know, please, you know, if this has resonated with you, shoot me a DM. I would love to hear from you. I don't often go this deep and this raw, even though we do go pretty deep, but this is at a whole new level, guys. So I hope this has been 
a, a good resource for you um, in some way to connect with something that is so common. One in seven women experience a miscarriage and you know, that number is probably higher because that doesn't take into consideration the women that have miscarried that didn't know they were pregnant, right? Which we know are a lot. So this is such an important conversation. Um, you know, I think it's something that needs to continue to be talked about so there isn't silence, so that women know that this is so common and it is so okay for them to experience what they need to experience as part of their journey and it is all beautiful and it is all weird and it is all normal and that is totally okay so thank you so much guys for listening i hope you have enjoyed this very raw podcast on fierce female radio and if this has connected with you please share it with someone that you love and let's open up the conversation together have a beautiful day guys bye-bye If you're vibing the show, please leave us a review. We would love to be of value to more Fierce Females and you can totally help us grow. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Fierce Female Co. And don't forget to share this episode podcast on your Instagram story. Tag us and share your top takeaway. I would love to know what you got out of the show. And this is really a great way for you to think about what value this brought to you and how you might use this in your own life. I love you. Thank you for listening. Wishing you all the love, light and fierceness and we'll see you soon.